Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the internet, I am Jonah O'Connor. You are my listeners, and this is the Jonah O Show. We're going to be uh, going over a lot today in our show. We're going to be talking about some breaking news, some current events, some sports. Um, We're going to be showcasing a few artists that may be lesser known to the public, but are still quite talented, and we're just going to be hanging out. Uh, So, as usual, we are starting the show with some music. So this is Take Me to Church by Hosier, live from Spotify in London. So I hope you guys enjoy this track. All lovers got humor, she's the giggle at a funeral, knows everybody's disapproval. If the heavens ever did speak She's the last true mouthpiece Every Sunday's getting more bleak A fresh poison each week We were born sick You heard them say it My church offers no absolute She tells me worship in the bedroom The only heaven I'll be sent to Is when I'm alone with you I was born sick, but I love it, and need to be well. Amen. 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 Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lights. I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death and good God Let me give you my life Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog At the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death and good God Let me give you my life I'm a pagan of the good times my lover's the sunlight To keep the goddess on my side She demands sacrifice Drain the whole sea Get something shiny Something meaty for the main course That's a fine looking high horse What you got in the stable We've a lot of starving faithful That looks tasty That looks plenty This is hungry work Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death and good God, let me give you my life Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death and good God, let me give you my life no masters or king, when the ritual begins, there is no sweeter innocence than our gentle sin. In the madness and sorrow of that sad earthly scene, only then I am human, only then I am clean. Like a dog at the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins And you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death And good God Let me give you my life Take me to church I'll worship like a dog At the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins And you can sharpen your knife Offer me that deathless death And good God Let me give you my life So guys, once again, that was Take Me to Church by Jose live from the Spotify sessions in London. And in the next section of the show, um, we're going to be looking at a news story from 
the good folks at globalgoodness.ca. Globalgoodness.ca is an online news network focusing on bringing you good news around the world as opposed to negative stories. So the article um, title that really kind of poked my interest as I was scrolling through this news website was um, elementary school replaces detention with yoga and it's working. So I thought that that would be quite interesting and the article reads as follows. The great idea of a different approach to punishment came from Denver, Colorado. In this elementary school, detention hours are replaced with yoga learning. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, in time slots typically reserved for detention at dual elementary, are instead dedicated to yoga classes. According to the the school's psychologist, yoga is a better option to discipline children than rebuking them. It's a mind and body exercise which will make your day better. What's more important, punishing kids for a mistake that they made or teaching them some skills that they can actually use in life? Not to make the same mistake again. School psychologist Carly Graber told, Math and reading and science and social studies are all so important to us here, but we're really in the business of teaching kids social and emotional skills that they can use for their lives. So how to solve problems, how to deal with complicated feelings, and things like that, she added. At Duel, yoga is so popular, the school had to take on a third day of after-school practice for students who aren't even in trouble. They just want to participate, according to Heffron. The change-up and how dual handles misbehavior has had a positive impact on kids who normally would have been sent to detention. Considering how many children suffer anxiety and stress from the pressures of school, it's no surprise programs like Duels and the Mindful Moment Room are hit with kids who sometimes need a place to check out and calm down. Uh, Bustle is the source of that. Um... The image source is from Wavebreak Media Micro slash Fotila uh, from the Denver Post. Um, I really find that uh, quite interesting, um, and I'm going to tell you why. I, uh, I I agree with what uh, with what was said in that article about um, just the stress that some kids deal with that you know is not seen and that. You know, um, oftentimes they'll they'll just stick them in a room or, you know, stick them on medication and they're not really um, getting to the root of the problem. They're just uh, merely putting a bandage on it. Um, And I think that by implementing yoga instead of detention, um, it does. It teaches kids how to deal with problems and how to think and um, how to deal with big feelings, as as I would explain to to a young child, um, whenever they're upset. Um, I will use my little brother for example. I uh, I always ask him, "Are you having a big feeling?" and get him to talk it out instead of uh, being upset. Because I find that there's so many better outlets, such as uh, this school's yoga program, that we can um, implement to kids to teach them that you can outlet your stress into something positive, like yoga. Um, for our next story, by uh, courtesy of Global Goodness. Um, it was quite interesting. I was just scrolling through here and I noticed something that kind of actually scared me quite a bit and I'm going to tell you guys why. Um, the article, the headline of the article rather, read uh, NetGuard, the innovative drone that can save lives. And uh, the article reads as followed. The NetGuard drone can unfold in four areas to stretch a safety net for people trapped in towers or high altitude buildings or in case of fire. It's a bit like a flying carpet. The operation is simple. The automatic pilot drives. The, automa- the automatic pilot drone receives a distress signal and then it uses its integrated GPS to locate the fire. It then goes to the scene quickly, traveling at high altitude. Once there, the net unfolds in four ready to save people from the fire building. The net has integrated sensors consisting of a quadruple layer of polyurethane. It can perfectly position itself to retrieve the person in danger. It's also strong enough to support the weight of an average adult. The net can 
also spend a long time in the air thanks to its static and rigid propellers. For the moment, this concept is purely virtual because it was set up by a Chinese des design students at Golden Pin Design Award, a competition rewarding the best uh, design creations. Hopefully, industrialists and engineers will develop the innovative concept as soon as possible. It would save many lives around the world. Here is a video presentation. Um, we're not going to play that just for the purpose uh, that this is an audio podcast, and I find that you guys wouldn't be able to see as much as I could. But if you want to check out this story and find out a little bit more about it, you can go to www.globalgoodness.ca slash drone that can save lives, and you can find out more about that there. In my opinion, um, this, this is quite scary because um, now it comes to the point of, this reminded me of a bit of um, iRobot, and I know it's, it's a Hollywood movie, but this, this, is, this is quite scary that, you know, if, if, the, if the processor shuts down or if it gets the GPS coordinates incorrect, it could actually kill someone as opposed to saving them by not being underneath them when they jump. Um, so that's what's really scary to me. Um, I, me personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust the, um, I wouldn't trust the robot drone net. Um, so the first thing that we've learned today is that robot drone nets are trying to take over the world. Chinese robot drone nets are trying to take over the world, ladies and gentlemen. I'm kidding. Um, it's, it's a very interesting idea. I think it's a good idea, but I do think that, um, you know, you need to have a human being operating the drone. Um, I think that a lot of things could go wrong if you just had an artificial intelligence uh, program operating it. Um, there could be a lot of things that could go wrong with it. Um, that also, like, it falls into the category of, like, self-driving cars, and several people have been killed by self-driving cars because the car suddenly turns into a ditch or smashes into a street lamp or so on and so forth. So I think that we may incur similar problems with this if we bring it into the fold. Our third story today is uh, something that uh, really kind of, it hits close to home because um, for those of you who know me and know me quite well will know that I was born completely blind in my left eye and I had to go through um, eye surgery and patch therapy and all these grueling processes just to be able to see out of my left eye and the fact that I can see today is, um, I think it's a modern miracle by, uh, by science. So <clears throat> the article reads, another way to cure cataracts and the article reads as follows. Scientists have just developed a drug treatment that could cure people with cataracts. These eye drops can be administered into the eyes using a pipette which contains lanosterol. They improve vision and greatly eliminate cataracts. Lanosterol, a natural molecule, is used to restore a damaged lens. A Chinese team conducted tests collecting crystalline from rabbits with cataracts and letting them soak in the lanosterol solution. The results showed such efficiency that six days later, much of the crystalline clarity have been restored. This test has shown promising results on the crystalline, also in dogs with cataracts. The animals went from severe cataract to a mild cataract, or an almost non-existent one, after only a few weeks. Cataract, the most common visual problem, to affect people over 40 years old, it usually appears according to the person's lifestyle, eye development, or health problems. The symptoms are blurred vision, enhanced sensibility to light, reading difficulties, etc. Surgery is still the only option for cataracts healing, but unfortunately this option is usually very expensive and not available to everybody. It's difficult for people living in developing countries to benefit from it, not to mention the lack of self-limiting access to this restorative surgery. This treatment is currently the subject of clinical trials to ensure that there is no risk of side effects. Scientists also need to make sure 
that these cataract dissolving drops can be used as an alternative to reconstructive surgery. This experimental drug would surely change the lives of millions of people around the world. Um, the source is Futurism, and the photo credit on the website goes uh, to David Travis on Unsplash. And um, yeah, I find that really, uh, really interesting. Um, just the fact that you could potentially be looking at eliminating um, eye surgery altogether and that people uh, wouldn't have to deal with certain stigmatisms like, you know, um, curved retinas and things like that. That's, um, it's just the technology just amazes me in, uh, in a certain sense. Um, again, as I said before, for those of you who know me quite well know that I was born completely blind in my left eye and I had to go through uh, rigorous therapy and things like that. So this kind of hits close to home for me um, because, you know, if, um, and as they said, it is still in a developmental stage, a clinical trial, just to make sure that there's no side effects. But I mean, this could really change the way that we see things, no pun intended, um, the way that we see things about science and about medicine is that, um, no, actually you don't need surgery. We can just give you these drops and you can be on your way and, you know, non-invasive and things like that. So, um, I, I found that extremely, extremely interesting. So for the next section of the show, which I like to, uh, title YouTube news is, uh, we're going to be finding a story from, YouTube that is quite interesting. This is courtesy of Vice News. I was scrolling through it. I found it really interesting. And uh, the uh, the title of the video says that Mars One candidates aren't giving up on going. And it's uh, on Vice News tonight in courtesy with HBO. So uh, without further ado, guys, let's uh, let's take a listen. A Dutch company called Mars One is planning to establish a settlement on the red planet by the year 2023. The Mars One mission says they want to send humans to Mars. In 2012, Dutch business whiz Baz Lonsdorp announced a multi-billion dollar mission to colonize Mars. Here's the catch. The voyage is a one-way ticket. That's like a Twilight Zone episode, though. Mm -hmm. Tens of thousands of people have sent in audition tapes. Hello, Earth. My name is Lauren Reeves, and I'm a human. Please send me to Mars. I was born 100,100 years ago on Mars. 200,000 people applied and 100 of them are still in the running. Why wouldn't we want to do this? Layla, uh, because you, you, you're almost guaranteed not to come back. But this year, Mars One lost its investor. Landstorp says he's working on a solution. Mars One has filed for bankruptcy. Bankruptcy bankrupt. Now, the remaining Mars 100 candidates are left in limbo. And despite the odds, some of them are as invested as ever. I don't think Mars 1 is dead. Space is hard. We're going to have to wait and see what the future holds for us. Listening to the rustle of the wind in the trees and the birds in the air is much more pleasant than listening to uh, people when I climb up someplace like this, I like to be alone. It's something that I've got a limited time to see because I plan to leave. When I was a sophomore in high school, we watched this documentary on the Red Planet. It talked about NASA's planned 2020 mission to Mars. Everything I did since I was 16, I made the decision based on, will this help me get to Mars? It became the central thing that influenced what I did from not dating in college or after or high school um, to deciding to study physics. I was born in the wrong century. I wish I could have been around when Christopher Columbus was getting ready to make that journey um, into the unknown. People thought that he was insane, that he would never succeed, that everyone would die. Uh, and to be fair, most of them did, did not do so well. <laughs> oh. 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 Basically, I want to put this one out and play with it, and then I want to pirate some of the parts for my set that I want to build. So, 
what is so important, what's so dire on Earth right now that we need to colonize another planet? Have you been watching the news? Of global warming, overpopulation, war, famine, pestilence, <coughs> death, you name it. Uh, I got an email from my husband, Ron, that said, um, I don't want to, but I'd feel like a bad husband if I didn't send you a link. We've been married for 27 years. There's no way that you can see something that says, do you want to go to the, to the stars? Be married to Layla and not have the answer be, of course she does. I've always wanted to be an astronaut and a doctor. I am an ER doctor, but I've applied to NASA and haven't ever made their class. And so this seemed like a fantastic opportunity. You gotta have a doctor in space. My dream is to jump and run like a little child on Mars. It must be easy because your weight is 60% less than on Earth. I love Switzerland and I love these beautiful places. But for my dream, I have to give up all these beautiful things. It's uh, a part of the mission to Mars. Oh my God, it's part of the mission, you guys. Let's leave Elvira. It's been a dream since his childhood, and I know how much it means to him. Let's see how far he's going to be able to take it. I don't want to stand in the way of his dream. He's, this, this gentleman is wearing a Mars One t-shirt. When Mama is not at home, we talk about these cool things. First he's going to start education to become an astronaut, it's going to be a little while until we get there. Uh, little Janica might be 15 or 16 years old. Everything is going to be different. It could be that we get divorced in two or three years. You don't know what's going to happen. This guy is devoted. This guy I has love a, my family. Oh my god. My daughters. This guy's going into his bunker. In my life. He's got a bunker but in his basement. To go to Mars, the dream is, is bigger. It's, it's longer and for me, I think every person should have a dream. For me, it's, it's fair to do this. It's fair because it, it's my life. If my daughter says to me, please daddy, don't go to Mars, I have to, to say, I, I have to go and I hope she understands that this is my dream. Is Mars Mars. This is For those intense. who think, oh my gosh, you're leaving your poor husband all by himself. Well, that's actually not as difficult for us as you might think because we happen to be polyamorous. And so we are each other's primary. That is to say, for each of us, the other is the central person in their life. Uh, I will not be upset if once I'm on Mars and can only talk to Ron over video clips or via email, if he has a girlfriend, because that's okay. This is the last message that you can send to people on Earth. What would you say? Just because a few people die on the path to making us an interplanetary species doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Message to my family was, hey, I love you. In my last goodbyes, I would say first and foremost uh, to my husband that I love him and to my boyfriend Andy, I love you. And this is my last message to you, the people of Earth. Don't give up. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, that story was from Vice News. It was entitled, um, Mars One Candidates Aren't Giving Up on Going. Some of these people are 
Um, I'm actually, I have to apologize. I'm, I apologize for laughing at that gentleman. And you know, um, it's you know, if the, if it's their dream to go to Mars, so be it. Um, this guy was obviously extremely emotional about you know when the when the woman asked him if you had to say your last goodbye, what would you say? And he was he was kind of tearing up. And you see him with his daughter and all of his um, spaceship rep replicas and things like that. So he's obviously quite serious about. You know about doing this, and there are people who are who are quite um, quite serious about doing this. However, I'm a, I'm a bit of a skeptic myself. Um, if somebody were to ask me, would I go to Mars? I would have to say no. Um, at this point, um, I, I would say no at this point, and it's not because I think that going to Mars is a bad idea. I don't think that colonizing Mars is a bad idea. Don't get me wrong here, folks. Um, I think that what Mars One is doing is actually fairly smart. However, I just don't feel that they have the technology to colonize Mars at this certain, at this time. I think that it would be a huge gamble. Like that lady said, she basically goes on to say, you know, like. If some of us die, some of us die, and that's that's pretty intense uh, to make interplanetary. That basically all these people are prepared to be martyrs for the exploration of interplanetary travel, and um, I think these are these are and these aren't children, ladies and gentlemen. These aren't teenagers. These are you know fully fledged adults with husbands who are married and they have children, and they're most likely like in their late 20s, early 30s, so they've had some time to really process this and what's going on. Um, but I don't understand why. And this is this is my thing. This is my opinion on it. Um, I don't Like I said, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I just don't understand why you would want to leave and never come back. I, and I don't think people realize the gravity of the situation, no pun intended, <laughs> folks, but... Um, like people talk about all these things, like the one man was like, oh, I want to jump around on Mars and like a little boy and I want to go to space and I want to become an astronaut or a doctor and this lady's NASA application got, um, denied. And, um, I think it's a really interesting concept, but me personally, I would not go. Um, I have a, I have a lot of family here, and uh, I might go if in twenty thirty years they have, you know, actual a way that you could come back. Um, because it would take. I'm not sure. Like, how long would it take to even travel to Mars? So, folks, upon uh, doing some doing some digging here, I found an article from www.mars1.com/mission-mars. How long does it take to travel to Mars? Uh, was the search that I entered into Google, and it would only take you about seven months. Um, I know that that uh, that seems like a long time in the grand scheme of things, but that's not even a year when you think about you're going to another planet. The trip takes around seven months, a bit longer than astronauts currently stay on the International Space Station. The precise duration of each journey depends on when it is taken because both Mars and Earth's orbits are not perfectly circular. The time it takes to travel between them varies from six to eight months. So again, guys, um... <sighs> In my opinion, this is quite scary, because these folks are quite dedicated, um, and I'm not in any way um, trying to shit on people's dreams or say, no, fuck you, you can't do this, you can't go to Mars, you're stupid. People probably could, and people probably will. Um, would I do it? Um, absolutely not. Uh, at this point, you know... Um, You know, um, but I don't think people realize how long that is inside of inside of a space shuttle. That's in a way, it's like being in prison, um, because for seven months you can't go outside, and even when you get there, you can't go outside because you can't sustain life on Mars. Um, this is my argument to the whole thing: is that um, seven months is a long time. Um, not like seven months. I mean, like seven months is a long time when you're doing things 
just regularly like when you're going through your schedule you're going to work you're going out with your friends you're going out with your buddies seven months is a long time um and uh i don't think that a lot of people would have the commitment i think a lot of people would i think that at some point it would uh it would click that it's a i don't think for a lot of these people i think that they're fantasizing and that they're dreaming um which isn't a bad thing don't get me wrong uh, but um, I think that maybe after about the third or fourth month, I might go insane. Um, you know, you can't go outside, you can't see a park, you can't see grass, you can't see any of those things, you can't see your family um, for seven months. And it's intense. That's, that's an intense thing. Well, folks, enough of me rambling on about Mars and uh, colonies on Mars and space and news and things like that. We've reached the midway point of our show, which means that we are going to play you some midway motivation, and that is where we find a motivational video on YouTube just to help you guys get through your day a little better and uh, to help your brain kind of think about certain situations in your life. And yeah, so we are going to play a motivational video on YouTube. So ladies and gentlemen, um, this video is entitled No Excuses. Um, it is by a channel on YouTube called Ben Lionel Scott. It has 16 million views, so obviously it's had, uh, it's had quite an impact on some people. So without further ado guys, let's uh, go ahead and take a listen to this video. What's stopping you? Are you too tired? Didn't get enough sleep? Don't have enough energy? Don't have enough time? Is that what's stopping you right now? Don't have enough money? Is that the thing? Or is the thing that's stopping you, you? Excuses sound best to the person that's making them up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get off the pity party. Telling everybody your sad and sob stories, trying to get people to show up to your pity parties and your pity parades. If you ever see me in a Rolls Royce, a six or seven star hotel, living my life to the fullest, don't get jealous of me. Because I worked my ass off to get it. Nobody handed me nothing. Wake your ass up. Awaken the beast inside. It's game on. It's go season. It's time for you to take advantage of the access and the resources that you have in your country and your community. You got a problem with your life? You got a problem with your environment? Do something about it. If you want it, go get it. Recognize the excuses are not valid. They're conjured up. They're fabricated. They're lies. And how do you stop the lies? You stop the lies with the truth. But the truth is, you have time. You have the skill. You have the knowledge and the support and the willpower and the discipline to get it done. The fruit of everything good in life begins with a challenge. Everything is a pill that's worth it. And this, it's not going to come to you, and it's not going to fall in your lap, and it's not going to be something that, oh my God, it just was so simple. It's always going to be difficult. If you want it, you've got to go get it. This is your chance. This is your shot. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your place. This is your opportunity. This is my time. This is my moment. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Ain't no such thing as tomorrow. We only got today. It's your dream. If you want to have it, meet your butt up and make it happen. If you want to have it, rise and grind. You still got work to do. Stay on that basketball court. Stay on that football field. It's grind season, homie.
So folks, I uh, hope you found that encouraging and enlightening to whatever your situation is that you're dealing with today. Um, if you want to download that audio track, you can download it on BenLionelScott.com. Um, I know motivational videos have uh, have really helped me in my in my journey, um, just getting things done, and you know it really helps me to think and prioritize and just to realize what's what's really going on and what's what's important in my life because there's so much stress and there's so much bullshit and there's so much anxiety and there's so much pro so many problems that um that come along with um that come along with life you know there's often times where we just we feel we can't even get out of bed in the morning and um these motivational videos really help me get through my struggles and my adversities and overcome my demons and things like that so i hope that they help you as well so at this part of the show, um, I'd like to showcase an independent artist who may be uh, less known, but is still uh, very talented. I did uh, a show at, it was called Lucky Charlie's Legend in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Canada. And um, a girl there named Alora had shown me, or told me actually, that um, she, I reminded her a lot of uh, Donovan Woods. And so I kind of went home and looked him up, and he's actually quite a very good artist that I've never really heard of. So I hope you guys enjoy this track. This is called Next Year by Donovan Woods. My brother and me used to climb this tree. And we were going to build a little clubhouse. About ten feet off the ground We drew the whole thing up We needed wood in our dad's truck But he was out of work that summer The truck only had one gear He said, we'll do it next year My buddies and me We have this dream We were gonna rent this cabin Way up in Montana We were gonna fish We had the date all picked And my old man got sick And the plane kinda disappeared But we'll do it next year Another day down, another week gone We were always just talking about tomorrow can't beg, steal, borrow, or make time. So you make plans and hope for the best. Life moves on so dang fast. Another 12 months flies on by, you're still here. But it's never quiet next year. My little boy and me, we were out to Said I can't wait till next year When I asked him why He said cause we're going camping We're going to the ball game And we'll do all them other things You said we'd do next year So when is it next year? Another day down, another week gone You're always just talking about tomorrow You can't beg still so you make plans and hope for the best Life moves on so dang fast Another 12 months flies on by You're still here But it's never quiet next year No, it's never quiet next year Said, I think I'd like to go see that Grand Canyon So we just left Packed up the car and went I called in sick to work We drove till 3 a.m. There ain't no next year 
it's just talking about tomorrow. You can't beg, steal, borrow, make time. So you make plans, hope for the best. Life moves on so damn fast. Another 12 months flies on by. You're still here. But it's never quite next year. No, it's never quite next year. No, it's never quite Never cried So guys, um, for this next part of the show, we're going to get into some UFC news. For those of you who know me and know me well, uh, know that I'm extremely uh, into the UFC and um, just the news that um, <clears throat> goes on. Um... Basically, uh, what's what's gone on is Israel Adesanya, who has just won the belt, uh, was uh, was kind of put on blast by Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa called him a fake champ, and uh, Israel Adesanya's uh, response is probably one of the best that I've that I've heard in a long time. And it reads, um, "Hold up, fake champ? Does he have a belt?" He wishes he has the fake champ as well. First of all, didn't he get popped for something recently? For some ass IE in his stomach? Or something? I just want to get him before USADA gets him. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's about as real as it gets there, folks. I mean, you can't really say anything about Israel Adesanya. He's undefeated um, in his MMA career. Beat the legendary Anderson Silva in an amazing fight. And um, to call him a fake champ, I think, is just an outrageous statement. So the second uh, headline um, in our UFC news today uh, kind of reads, Kevin Lee and Rafael Dos Anjos could conspire to send a message to the UFC for a 165-pound division. So the article reads as followed. This quote is, uh, is from MMA News. Um, it says, uh, the two men who face each other at UFC on ESPN 9 could come to an agreement about to both weigh in at 165 before their fight. This would serve as a message to the promotion showing that they're ready for a new weight class. Um, in my opinion, um, this is ridiculous. Um, especially with, with weight cutting and with things like that. If you want a new weight class, uh, grow a set of balls, man, and, you know, Come up to Dana and talk to him about it. Talk to Lorenzo. Talk to Frank, the 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 guys in charge, man. Like you don't you don't pull a stunt like that at a big televised international promotion. I think that's completely disgusting. Um, I I think and again, folks, these are opinions, but this this makes me really frustrated because there are guys out there who push so so fucking hard to just to be able to fight in the UFC. They push to make weight, and now these guys are saying, it's basically just like saying to the UFC, like, well, you know what, fuck you, uh, I'm gonna do what I want, we're gonna, we're gonna go to a weight that we want, and I just, honestly, I think it's fucking disgusting. So the next headline uh, from MMA Fighting reads, um, no longer brittle, in quotation marks, at 185 pounds, Luke Rockhold confident that he is the man to dethrone John Jones. Uh, my advice to, to Luke Rockhold, I would be very careful with John Jones. Um, I'd be extremely careful with John Jones. Because the thing about John Jones, I like John Jones. John Jones is a fucking machine. But um, the thing about John Jones is... He's back in the UFC right now. He's clean. He's sober. He's doing multiple drug tests. He's at the peak of his fitness right now. And I think he's he's 30 years old, if I'm correct. Like, he's, he's doing some good things in the UFC. And in my opinion, if Luke Rockhold were to fight John Jones, I think John Jones would dominate Luke Rockhold without a question. I think that Luke Rockhold wouldn't stand a chance against John Jones. I think he'd be out of his depth. I'm not uh, discrediting Luke Rockhold as a good fighter, which he is, but uh, John Jones, no way, man. Uh, the following is a quote from MMA Fighting by Luke Rockhold, 
and the quote reads as follows. I don't believe John is that polished on the feet. I think he adjusts. I think he's tactical. I think I have the skills to beat him there. I have the skills to beat him on the ground, and I think the wrestling is pretty much nullified. I don't really think it plays much of a factor. I think that underestimating, and this is the, that was the end of the quote, but I think that um, underestimating John Jones like this is a huge mistake. I think he's underestimating him, and uh, if he's not careful, he's going to get knocked out. This headline is uh, from Bloody Elbow, and uh, it's about Henry Cejudo, and it reads, this is a quote from Henry Cejudo saying, I'll never fight TJ Dillashaw again, no matter what they offer me. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, TJ Dillashaw vacated his UFC title due to the fact that he uh, tested positive for PEDs um, for, for a substance. I'm not sure exactly what substance it was. Um, but he tested positive and he relinquished his championship and Henry Cejudo is going on to say he will never fight TJ Dillashaw, which, you know, in my opinion is, um, it's, it's an extremely valid point, um, by Henry Cejudo. Um, you know, um, I just, I think that <clears throat> people who take performance enhancing drugs are an embarrassment to the sport of MMA. Um, but I, I feel for TJ Dillashaw, man, like he's a hell of a competitor. He's a hell of a fighter. I'm not sure what, um, what he got tested with, but I know he tested positive and he relinquished his belt. So he, he obviously felt something that, you know, he needed to give it up. So respect to TJ Dillashaw for giving up the belt. Um, and, you know, respect on uh, Henry Cejudo's part for setting those ground rules because I know, and oftentimes, you have pressure from the media, you have pressure from fans, you have pressure from all sorts of people. And, uh, yeah, props to both those guys. And I hope that uh, TJ Dillashaw learns from this experience and uh, he comes back better and healthier than ever. So this is another quote from Henry Cejudo. Uh, by Bloody Elbow, Henry Cejudo goes on to say, I'll never fight him again, dude, and I'm not. It's not like I'm scared or whatnot. I shook his hand, and this is a sport. This isn't baseball. You're not hitting a baseball. There's another human being, dude, so I want no part of him. And I, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that statement that, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think it matters when, you know, um, baseball players take performance-enhancing drugs because, as he stated, like, you're punching another human being. You're, you're seeking to hurt that individual and to knock them out. So that's really dangerous and it could really shorten careers and it could actually, it can end careers. So I, I agree with him on that, on that statement. Dominic Cruz went on to say, not a big deal. He'll come back even better in regards to Dillashaw's two-year USADA suspension. In other uh, UFC news, Dustin Poirier, uh, the UFC lightweight champion, sent a message to Max Holloway, who has donated a pair of his signed UFC gloves to the Good Fight Foundation, so let's take a listen. Max, thanks for signing and donating your gloves to the Good Fight Foundation. We really appreciate it. We're super excited to get this playground built. Thank you for the battle, man. It was an incredible experience. You are a champion. I think that when um, when UFC fighters when they do that, it uh, it kind of it sets a good message and a good example about MMA because I think that a lot of people have this misconception about um, about MMA that it's just dudes punching each other and it's just blood and you know there's there's a lot like these are human beings, man. Um, these are human beings with with feelings and emotions and just like you and me. So um, I think that we need to be giving them a lot more credit than they are. Uh, props to uh, Max Holloway for, for doing that for the Good Fight Foundation. It's uh, a really good thing to do. And uh, yeah, um, especially since Max Holloway and, you know, Dustin Poirier were opponents. So, you know, I, I think they put on a hell of a show. And uh, yeah, uh, props, to, props to Max Holloway. So that's it for our uh, MMA slash UFC news. I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed that. Um, 
For those of you who don't know, um, in the Swift Current area, make sure you head on down to Lucky Charlie's uh, for Lucky Charlie's Legend. I know that is still going on. You can head on down there for more information about this singer-songwriter competition. There's some extremely talented individuals competing this year. I uh, hope you guys can head down if you are in the Swift Current area and check it out. It should be a really good time for some music, some drinks, and some good people. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to um, play you guys uh, something, not an independent artist, a very famous artist uh, by the name of Ed Sheeran. Uh, this is The Shape of You uh, from the Spotify Sessions in London. Uh, the acoustic version, so I hope you guys enjoy this track. A club isn't the best place to find a lover, so the bar is where I go. Me and my friends out at the table doing shots, drinking fast, and then we talk slow. And you come over and start up a conversation with just me And trust me, I'll give it a chance Now take my hand, stop Find the man on the jukebox And then we start to dance And I'm singing like, girl, you know I want your love Your love was handmade for somebody like me But now follow my lead I may be crazy, don't mind me Say, boy, let's not talk too much Grab on my waist and put that body on me But now follow my lead Come on, now follow my lead I'm in love with the shape of you We push and pull like a magnet do Although my heart is falling too I'm in love with your body And last night you were in my room And now my bedsheets smell like you Every day discovering something brand new I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body Every day discovering something brand new I'm in love with the shape of When we can we let the story begin We're going out on our first date You and me are thrifty So go all you can eat Fill up your bag and I fill up a plate We talk about hours and hours About the sweet and the sour And how your family is doing okay Leaving, get in the taxi and kiss in the backseat Tell the driver, make the radio play And I'm singing like, girl, you know I want your love Your love was handmade for somebody like me Come on now, follow my lead I may be crazy, don't mind me Say, boy, let's not talk too much Grab on my waist and put that body on me Come on now, follow my lead Come, come on now, follow my lead mm -hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you we push and pull like a magnet do Although my heart is falling too I'm in love with your body And last night you were in my room And now my bedsheets smell like you Every day discovering something brand new I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body Oh why, oh why, oh why I'm in love with your body, every day discovering something brand new I'm in love with the shape of you, come on be my baby, come on 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 I'm in love with the shape of you we push and pull like a magnet do Although my heart is falling too I'm in love with your body nah, nah. Last night you were in my room And now my bitches smell like you Every day discovering something brand new I'm in love with your body Come on, be my baby, come on now. Oh, I'm in love with your body oh, I'm in love with your body I'm in love with your body, every day discovering something brand new. I'm in love with the shape of you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the insanely talented Ed Sheeran performing uh, Shape of You live at the Spotify sessions in London. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that track. I want to take this time to promote a very special business to my heart. Uh, I would like to, if you are in the Swift Current, Saskatchewan area, invite you to the Nightjar Diner Company. 
the Wayward Prairie Diner, um, bringing you good quality local fresh ingredients for a reasonable price. Um, guys, they're always uh, reinventing their menu. They're always coming up with new ideas, always happy to host catering events and private events. So I want to um, say good job to the Nightjar Diner Company and keep doing what you guys do to make the people of Swift Current Saskatchewan happy with the amazing food that you deliver. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have ever listened to an episode before, you will know that I like to finish off the show with a bit of a laugh. So, um, we are going to listen to a little segment of Jim Carrey's first ever stand-up comedy record. So, I hope you guys enjoy. There they go! Give it to them! Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jim Carrey, and how are you this evening? Alrighty then. I grew up in Canada. Is there anybody here from Canada? <laughs> now, I used to get really upset when I told people where I came from down in Los Angeles because I always got the same response. Canada? Wow. Must have been cold. Now I just go along with them. Yes, Canada. It was a frozen, hostile wasteland. And there was much work to be done if we were to survive the elements. After boring a hole through the ice to find food, my good friend Nantuck and I would build an igloo protect ourselves from polar bears and flying hockey pucks. Then we would drink a lot of beer. And when Nantuck was ready, he would tell me the story of the great moose who said to the little squirrel, Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, a bit of a short clip from Jim Carrey's first ever uh, stand-up recorded. It's by Susan Hawley. That's S-U-S-A-N-H-O-L-L-E-Y <clears throat> on YouTube, if you want to look it up, um, for the full 25 minute 58 second video but we are reaching the end of the show today so i am going to leave you folks with some music i hope that you are all enjoying your thursday the current time right now is 7 28 p.m on the 18th of april 2019 and i am going to leave you with this track this track is by an insanely influential uh, musician in my uh, musical upbringing. Um, this song is called Turn This Car Around by an artist who is no longer with us, Tom Petty. So I'm going to leave you guys again. I hope you guys are enjoying the rest of your Thursday. And this is Turn This Car Around by Tom Petty. And I will see you guys or hear you guys or talk to you guys rather in um, the next episode. Thank you all for tuning in and I will see you next time. Down the sky, the
doorway. 